Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome back to Sports Talk here on the Big 870. Mike to tell you along with Charlie Long. We're taking you to 7 o'clock tonight. And right here on the Big 870 and free on the Odyssey app, it'll be the Cleveland Browns taking on the New York Jets. And what a great story, Joe Flacco has been this year for the Browns and you think about no Deshaun Watson and Nick Chubb arguably the the best running back in the National Football League goes down with a knee injury and then Kareem Hunt gets hurt and they still rolling double digit win so far for the Browns and Joe Flacco now gets to go up against his old team the New York Jets and you sort of wonder where this Jets team would be if they had Joe. WWL wants to invite you to ring in the new year at Nolan New Orleans Eve Fireworks Show. Join us as a spectacular fireworks light show lights up the midnight sky along the New Orleans historic riverfront. East and West Banks, start your New Year's celebration with the Allstate Sugar Bowl Parade that rolls through the quarter at 2.30. Then explore our French Quarter restaurants, bars, shops and museums, and local clubs as we await the countdown to midnight and the Fleur de Lis Drop atop Jack's Brewery, followed by a world-class fireworks show. Then New Year's Day, catch the 90th annual All-State Sugar Bowl Football Classic with kickoff time at 7.45. No better way to usher in 2024 than the tradition of the traditional Fleur de Lis drop, made possible by the generosity of New Orleans and company. And Nolan New Orleans New Year's Eve fireworks show is produced by Crescent City Countdown Club in partnership with the Mayor's Office of Cultural Economy and the New Orleans Tourism and Cultural Fund and presented by New Orleans and Company, the Allstate Sugar Bowl, the Burger and Tyler Family, French Quarter Festivals, and J&M displays you gotta be there or you can stream the fireworks live on wwl.com and wwl radio facebook hey don't miss it great to see and uh especially if you can keep the kitties up late you know they they, they love they love to see that charlie uh we talked a little bit about it but certainly uh, the thing tonight is can the pelicans Pull this off against the Jazz, a team they should beat, who they have really, really struggled against. Yeah, I'm looking forward to talking with Chris in just a couple minutes here about that matchup because, I mean, as you said, the Pelicans just haven't played well against the Jazz. They lost a doubleheader to them earlier on in the year. It was back-to-back games in Utah back in November. 
Uh, they lost both by like a combined seven points, I think. It was something like that. And that's, I mean, becoming a trend with the Pelicans. Whenever they lose, they lose really close. Whenever they win, they win big. So, uh, you know, hopefully the Pelicans can get out to a good start tonight and not blow the lead like they've done the last couple nights. Well, it's almost the end of the second quarter. Into Pop-Tarts Bowl. There you go. So keeping an eye on Kansas, Kansas State. State. 21-7 over North Carolina State. You know, and at one time, North Carolina State, uh, that was a lot of people thought they might play LSU in the ReliQuest Bowl. Yeah, uh, but it's Wisconsin. So. Well, the, the way they run their offense, LSU would have liked to play North Carolina State in the ReliQuest yeah, Bowl. Yeah, because Wisconsin's had issues offensively, oh, Mike. And just, goodness. What are your kind of uh, thoughts on the matchup? Uh, le- they had the always year. had this power-running rushing attack that sort of dominated you. They hit you with the football tsunami uh, with this huge offensive line, being able to control the line of scrimmage and run the football. It has been all over the board this year for them running the football. They haven't done it nearly as consistent as we've seen it in years past. And their passing attack has always been sort of middle of the road. Even for the Big Ten has been sort of middle of the road. Um I'm interested to see how they're going to take that angle at LSU because teams have thrown the football very effectively against LSU, no matter what. But they're not built for that. they really built for the running game. But with this two-and-a-half-week window, almost like uh, half a spring, could they get that down? That's why I think LSU will win this game, and I think it'll be comfortable. If they had their running game of years past – Mm, I think they could give LSU some issues. I don't see it this year. Don't see it at all, Charlie. It's been there at times, but it's not real consistent. And I think LSU, out on the flanks, they hit those speed receivers downfield, and then Caleb running the football along with Josh. Mm, I think they give that Wisconsin defense a lot of issues. Yeah, it seems a little bit like weakness versus weakness, LSU's defense versus Wisconsin's offense this year. But I mean, what are your kind of preview, I guess you would say, for – Garrett Nussmeyer in this game, getting the start, his first start actually ever as a Tiger, which is kind of hard to believe. He's mostly coming in. I ain't changing my offense. Uh, yeah. you, you throw in the football, Garrett can sling it downfield. Um, he's a riverboat gambler, and sometimes he didn't like when I said that, but you know, we talked it out. It's all cool with us. He understood where I was coming from. He takes a lot of chances downfield, and he will admit that, that he, he'll put some balls up uh, that'll get intercepted, but, and he's got a gun on him. He can put the ball in a tight spot. You know, he reminds me a little bit of his style of play, a little bit of Baker Mayfield. Uh, The way he kind of moves around the pocket, uh, he buys a little bit of time with his feet, and uh, and he throws a real nice ball. But uh, really would have helped him uh, when they play against Wisconsin, a rushing attack. Get Josh and Caleb cranked up, and then it'll open up everything in a passing attack. I think about Wisconsin, all those great linemen from there, and I think about Ryan Ramchek. And I'm really wondering, Charlie, are we not watching? Are we maybe have watched the final plays for Ryan? Uh, with that knee injury, which is really serious. It makes me think of what happened to David Bakhtiari, you know, earlier in the year where he had to have his knee drained and then he had a knee full-on procedure that ended up ending his season. Once a great left tackle, Ryan once a great right tackle, but now you get a little bit concerned about it. And he's up in age now and that knee has given him issues for a couple years. He's tried to play through it. It just hasn't worked. And um, I hope we haven't seen the last of him. But, uh, man, that's some fear. Uh, medically, 
about that knee that he's going to have to have a major surgery uh, to get that cleaned up. And then can he come back from that afterwards? When we come back, we'll have on with us Chris Dotson, who covers the Pelicans right after this break here on the Big 870 WWL. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We're back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike Detail along with Charlie Long. We're going to go straight to our Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text line. And from Clutch Points, Chris Dotson, who covers the NBA and New Orleans Pelicans. Chris, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, Hope uh, you had a Merry Christmas. Oh, man, I had a great Christmas. Thanks for having me on. And, yeah, I'm in the Smoothie King Center watching it it fill up now. All righty, Chris. Maybe you can give us a little bit of insight. Uh, Charlie and I had talked about this, and we've had a number of callers and texters ask about the situation. Uh, Why would you sort of send down Jordan Hawkins at this particular time uh, when you needed some uh, help shooting late in games? He hasn't played a lot, though. And so is, is there something more to this than just giving him an opportunity to play? I mean, that's the biggest part of it is they need to see him play more. And they knew with Larry Nance Jr. coming back, with uh, Willie Green trusting Jeremiah Robinson Earl as much as he does, that it was going to be tough to get Hawkins on the court. Cause, I mean, JRE still shooting over 40-something percent from three. It wasn't a bad shot the other night. It's just I think the fans are hearing the name, and they would rather hear about a lottery pick than a two-way contract that could be waived before you know the trade deadline's up. So a lot of it's just developmental. They want to get him time. And I think when he comes back, they will see that they just need these shooters over the next couple of games. They're just going to have to have more shooting. And that's what Hawkins is. Knock some rust off in Birmingham and come on back up next week. So how long of a stay do you think it will be in Birmingham, just generally, Chris, with Hawkins? Because I remember that it, the same thing happened with Trey Murphy last year. Like That's kind of why I'm not necessarily panicking about this entire situation. I don't think Hawkins but, is anywhere but near. But Trey in his rookie year, he couldn't hit yeah, you're right. anything. It was like they had plywood over the basket. It, nothing. That That's not the case with Hawkins. Yeah, Hawkins, I mean, when he's gotten the minutes, he's definitely performed. But I just kind of want to get your thoughts on the timeline, potentially, with Jordan Hawkins in Birmingham. Yeah, and look, Trey was hitting the side of the backboard his rookie year. He really needed a trip to Birmingham for confidence-wise. I don't think Hawkins needs 
a trip to Birmingham for his confidence. <laughs> he just really needs to get back in, you know, in the flow and consistent playing time and in the rhythm because they're running about the same offense. And then they got the G League showcase in a few weeks. Sorry, just just finished. Uh, sorry about that. They got so many distractions here in the Smoothie King Center. The fans are really buzzing tonight for this. One. I think the Pels really have to do something here. But now Hawkins is going down just to get in the offense again. And they, this team's going to have to make a move within the next month to either find him minutes or see what they've got that's really going to keep him off the court. And JRE's not it. I don't think Najee Marshall's going to be it. Jose Alvarado shouldn't be it. Hawkins really should be playing uh, when he comes back from Birmingham. But I think he won't come back until 2024. Chris, um, I know eventually this is going to end. When you, you don't match up well against a certain team, and that's been the Jazz, no matter what. Uh, for whatever reasons and how bad the Jazz are or how good they are, uh, the Pelicans haven't matched up well against them. Eventually that comes to an end, but it can ride you for a little while now. Is it just a matchup situation? And then late in the game, does it get in between your ears? Man, we haven't beaten this team, and we're in the same spot again. No, I think it's more this this young team is still not grown. They haven't matured to where they play up to their talent. They Look at the Kings. We have their number this year. They're a better team by record, but the Jazz have our number. It's really they got to just come out and play their standard of basketball. And There's just too much variance with this team. They say they have the veteran leadership, but then we get, you know, everything goes by the wayside in the last five minutes, and they play iso ball with no movement. CJ even said the other day at practice, we need more movement. That's his suggestion to the coaching staff. And then I didn't see anybody moving the other night. No, they were nothing. Just standing and You're watching. right. They were just standing and watching. So, Chris, I kind of want to get your thoughts on the upcoming schedule. We were talking about, you know, this December slate was one that the Pelicans could take advantage of, but having lost back-to-back home games, having lost a, two games to the Grizzlies, uh, so three of their last four, I mean, they took advantage of the Spurs. They took advantage of some of the bad teams on the schedule, like the Cavaliers, who were just banged up when they played them. But looking at the Jazz and then the Lakers and the Nets, those are all winnable games at home. But then the January slate is just brutal. So I want to get your thoughts. If this was a missed opportunity by the Pelicans, losing these games to the Grizzlies and the Rockets, to kind of make a move towards being like a 21 team by the time the new year starts. Because when you get to the new year, you have matchups against the Timberwolves, the Clippers, the Kings, you know, the Nuggets, the Mavericks back-to-back. You have the Suns on the schedule. I know they haven't played great. The Thunder, the Bucks, the Celtics, like all these teams in January. It's a, it's a brutal stretch. I just want to know, like, did the Pels miss an opportunity here to kind of get themselves settled in the middle of the West Division, the Western Conference, uh, by losing these games to the Grizzlies and the and the Rockets? Yeah, no, they missed a big opportunity in the Grizzlies game. I, I've heard from people that you know are in the within the team that was like they should have never lost both of those. And trust me, Griff, Trajan, CJ, Zion, Ingram, they all heard Ja running out the tunnel saying they did, they let it happen again. This, if, if if it turns sour on Willie, one of those Memphis games is going to be on the sheet where it's like, how did you let this happen twice? And they've missed a big opportunity here. If they've, they, all these double-digit leads that they've dropped, eight or nine now, if they win half of those, they're fighting for first. Instead, they're only six games up on Memphis with, you know, 50 games to go. That That's just un- – you can't allow that. You can't say you're accountable for it. And it keeps happening again and again. So this was a big missed opportunity. They missed it to start the month, and they missed a few opportunities to end the month. So they got to really come out and play in January up to their standards and up to the competition, or they're going to be looking at another play-in tournament as a ninth, tenth seed again. No, you, you got to stay out of that the play-in tournament. But, but Mike, looking at that January slate, it's rough. Like you're playing the top teams in the West and the East. 
I mean, it, it doesn't get easier for this team. So that's doesn't, but to you got to fight your way out of that. You have to, but at the same time, like you had the opportunity to do so and be like a, mm. at this point in the season, like a twenty and eleven or maybe twenty one and ten type of squad, and then you're smack dab in the middle of the playoff race in the West. Instead, you're as Chris you said, you're you know going to be potentially fighting for another playing spot. Chris, uh, bottom line is uh, how how would you grade Zion this year uh, as a player? Uh, because we've seen it at times. Uh, he, he's he's sort of, I guess maybe erratic would be the best term to use. But in crunch time, wouldn't you want him to be that guy that said, hey, give me the damn ball, I got it. Uh, I, I'm going to take care of this. Because he has that ability. He just hasn't shown that he's the guy in those situations. Right, it's not an A through D and F situation. He's getting the eye like incomplete in college, but yeah. for two reasons. One, obviously, it's incomplete, but the I is for you know I, me, selfishness kind of ways. You got to get in shape. You got to be there for your team. You got to not be taking back seats like he said he was a month ago. Uh, and the ISO ball again the other night. That, that that's selfish basketball. You got to tell your team start moving. Help me get something, not just stand around and wait for me to get something. I think he needs to switch it up like that or. Or he's going to wind up with a D and F season, and we're going to be looking at a trade and up to eighteen months. That that's just how it goes. It it some, the excuses are no longer valid for some of the things that he, he's been getting away with. So and it goes for him and the front office and the coaching staff. So it's the man in the mirror. It's the man in the mirror's got to do it. He's got to come up and say, "Look, this is this is what professionals do." Like, and he's you never hear him talking about mentorship. I know, like him and LeBron, doesn't really talk. That much, even though they both get up for games against each other, because Zion didn't go with Clutch, he went with CAA. That's the big rumor on why they have friction. But ha- have you ever heard Zion talk about talking to the other greats of the game and taking stuff from them? I, I haven't really seen. No, it. haven't he's heard it. Start seeking that out. He's got to start seeking it out instead of just letting Shaq and Chuck send it to him, you know, unsolicited. He's got to go out there and solicit good advice from some of these Hall of Famers if he wants to reach that level. Chris, thanks so much for joining us. I know uh, game time is right around the corner. We'll let you go. But, man, we appreciate your time and your insights. And if I don't see you, Happy New Year, brother. Likewise. Happy New Year's, guys. Sorry for the background noise, but no, we had to get fine. in here a little early tonight. Yeah, then we all good. Take we all easy, good, Chris. Chris. Thank you, brother. That uh, was Chris Dodson, who covers the Pelicans for Clutch Points. When we come back, we'll have Evelyn Van Pelt, publisher of the Rebel Walk, be talking about the uh, transfer portal king, Lane Kiffin, and Ole Miss playing Penn State. Right after these messages here on the Big 870 WWL. We're back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike to tell you along which Harley Long taking you to 7 o'clock. And at 7 o'clock, it'll be uh, Thursday night football right here on the Big 870 and free on the Odyssey app. The New York Jets playing the Cleveland Browns on our Oakwood Hard Jewelers Talk and Text line. The uh, publisher, editor, coordinator, supervisor at the Rebel Walk, Evelyn Van Pelt. Evelyn, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. Uh, appreciate you coming on. Uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you right off the bat, um, transfer portal king, uh, Lane Kiffin, but how much behind the scenes has Pete Golding played in this part here to get so many of these defensive players? You and I talked about Pete as soon as they hired him. I knew he could recruit. He was the main recruiter here for University of Alabama of when he coached for Coach Saban. 
And um, how much behind the scenes has he done here with all these top transfer, especially defensive linemen, which are really the most difficult position to get? Oh, I tell you what, you were so right about him and recruiting. And first of all, thank you all for having me. I really appreciate it. I've been looking forward to it. Um, But no, in fact, at at Ole Miss, his nickname now is Portal Pete. And, um, you know, he, he is not a Twitter guy. But, I mean, the Ole Miss world stops when Pete Golding tweets one single thing, a shark emoji. That's all he has to do, because when he tweets that, people know something's coming and they've, they've got to recruit. So I tell you what, at one point, this is how important Pete Golding is, at one point after they got Walter Nolan, number one overall pick in the portal, Ole Miss football officially changed its profile pick, at least for, for that day, to Pete Golding. So, you know, to <laughs> me, to me, nothing sums it up better than that. So, boy, howdy, I can tell you Pete Golding has been instrumental in getting all these players. So you, you get the top edge rusher uh, from Florida who could have come out early for the NFL draft. And he decides yeah. to go to Ole Miss, and then you get Walter to go to Ole Miss. So at least you got two pieces of the defensive line uh, for next year coming back. But uh, the word is that Jackson Dart will return for another season at Ole Miss. Is that what you expect? You know, it's funny you say that. You may know more than I do because I think you know everything. But um, we had a press conference today with Jackson and Quinshawn Judkins, among others. And Jackson and Quinshawn both still say that they are not making a decision until after the bowl game. So they're giving us the old, you know, going to focus on getting this win. And Oh, that means we'll, check got to clear. Check got to clear. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we don't want any, any craziness happening there. But, um, you know, we have heard, um, I've, I've heard that they've each reached agreements with the collective but again that doesn't mean anything that's not binding that's not you know somebody else could come in with back up the truck and and who knows what would happen but um i you know i just me personally i feel like if i'm dart and you've got all your weapons but pretty much every single player is coming back with the exception of dayton wade um they're all coming back you've added juice wells you you know i just feel like all your weapons are back, and everybody's saying they want to run it back. And I would be really surprised if Jackson didn't come back. Now, crazy times in college football yes, and two-time transfers and all sorts of stuff. So never say never. But. And uh, got my guy Trey coming back too. And uh, oh, uh, talk a little bit man. about his development. Uh, saw him in high school where he was a prep quarterback, and then he goes to Louisiana Tech and. Uh, he was he was pretty good there. He wasn't like what we saw this year uh, at Ole Miss, but his impact uh, with the Rebels oh. and in that offense was spectacular. Oh, I mean, it is. He's a, a leading receiver on the team, on a team that has Jordan Watkins with 741 yards and Dayton Wade with 769. But then you've got Trey Harris, the leading receiver on the team, he's averaging 18.1 yards per carry, uh, I mean per catch. Um, I think he's third in the SEC right now with eight TD catches on the season, and he missed a little time early on with an injury. Uh, he's the only FBS receiver with a four TD game and a 200-yard receiving game. So to have him announce that he's coming back, 
that was huge. So, I mean, you know, Ole Miss is really, really blessed in in that area and has, you know, added some more talent. But I just I can't say enough about Trey Harris. And we talked to him today. He's got a lot of respect for the Penn State defense. But this Ole Miss team to a man said they want to be able to leave a legacy here. They want to put their stamp on it. And if they were able to beat Penn State, which I think they're a four-and-a-half-point underdog, but if they were able to beat Penn State, it would be Ole Miss's first 11-win season in program history. And those guys, those players, that's really important to them that they that they leave that legacy. So you kind of hinted a little bit at Evelyn, and Mike and I are going to give our picks of this game in just a little bit. I'm picking Ole Miss. Yeah, no, I, I am too. Come on, so, you so know I, I wouldn't pick against you. <laughs> no, so, so did Bobby, and I'm, I'm going to do the same. So I guess that's a little bit of a preview for pick six coming up pretty soon. But, I mean, you kind of mentioned it there. You hinted at it. Ole Miss's offense versus Penn State's defense is obviously the strength versus strength in this Peach Bowl matchup. Ole Miss averaging just under 35 points per game, which ranks 20, top 20 in the country. And then, obviously, you look at Penn State's defense. They're averaging just under 12 oh. points given up. Which, if you're looking at it, it's kind of funny. I, I sit and laugh at you know the top defenses in college football. If you're looking at just by points per game, it looks like it's the Big Ten just rankings in general. Like you have Michigan, Ohio State, then Penn State, and Iowa. Uh, but yeah. and then you kind of get to some other teams. But I mean that just kind of shows how bad the I think the Big Ten is offensively. Um, so I just right. want to get your thoughts on this matchup between obviously strength versus strength, Ole Miss's offense versus Penn State's defense. Well, I tell you what, that's the one of the one of the Penn State defensive players today made a comment and said, you know, I think everybody's talking about the matchup with our defense versus Ole Miss's offense. So we're gonna we're we're planning on giving them the show they want. So you know, okay, but um, you know, the defensive coordinator there, uh, Anthony Poindexter, I guess who's followed Manny Diaz was talking about, you know, the first challenge for the Penn State defense is the tempo of the Ole Miss offense. And I'm not sure, you know, I mean, I think definitely they have seen some of that. I'm not sure they've seen it to the level that that they're going to see it. But, um, you know, he said he in, in terms of the production of the three receivers, he said, I don't think we've played a team with that kind of production, maybe Ohio State. But um, so I think, you know, the – the, that's going to be a big matchup, and the defense, I think, for Penn State has given up fewer than 70 yards running per game. So I'm looking for my man Quinshawn, you know, to take that as a challenge. And I think if Quinshawn can get over 100 yards in the game, I, I think Ole Miss will probably end up on top. Robinson's not playing for Penn State, correct? Right. Chop Robinson is not playing, and said I'm going to run the damn ball playing. right where he lines yeah. up. Isn't that the truth? That sounds like a game plan. No, no, I figured this one out real quick. He ain't playing. That's where I'm running the ball. That's where I'm running the ball. So um, I think that that's you know that the they've talked about it. They all every player that they had up there for Penn State talked about the tempo. So I think the, the coaches must be be drilling that into them. Um, he said they pride themselves on stopping the run. Um, you know, I don't know. The Coach Poindexter compared – he was asked, who does Ole Miss compare to in the Big Ten? Uh, and he thinks the receiving core is similar to Ohio State. Um, you know, but the main thing, that, you know, they just said the the key is going to be trying is starting up front and trying to get to Jackson Dart. Now, I think that the Rebels are – 
the healthiest that they've been. They really were pretty fortunate this season injury-wise, but I think the only one they're not going to have, Micah Pettis suffered a season-ending injury earlier this season, a right tackle. But other than that, everybody should be healthy. Interesting game because Penn State, uh, offensively, they've been El Stinkle uh, for a good portion of the season. Mm-hmm. Their quarterback been play okay. has been erratic all over the board. They just stunk in the biggest games of the year. The biggest opinion. games of the year. They, they spit the bit yeah, like a bad true. horse. Uh, they didn't want nothing to do with it. Now, their defense hung in there with them, every, you know, Ohio State mm-hmm. and Michigan, but they're – Offense was just horrible in those games. And the quarterback, he couldn't hit the backside of a barn with a bazooka. I mean, he was throwing the ball all over the place. He really was. And, you know, now I think the one thing is I I think he's only had one interception this year. So I think that's been one saving. Everything's over somebody's head. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, No, I mean, I think you're right, and I think the challenge is just going to, for Ole Miss, is more going to be those those, uh, running backs, Katron Allen and Nicholas Singleton. I think that's going to be a big... Uh, a big part of, of that's, how that game. That's the out. key: stopping the run for for Penn State. I, I want that quarterback mm-hmm. to beat me. I, I don't care that's one right. interception, thirty interceptions. Uh, he's got to be the dude to beat me because I'm not going to let you run it on me. So that's going to be the big challenge for Pete Golding and the defense. Uh, very interesting team, not only this year but next year. That 2024 Ooh. Ole Miss Rebel uh, football team. Evelyn, thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. You can find out all that Ole Miss stuff on the Rebel Walk and on Twitter, Facebook, all that uh, sort of thing. And if I don't get to talk to you before, Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you. Thank you all so much for having me. Appreciate it, Evelyn. Thank you. Evelyn Van Pelt, publisher of the Rebel Walk. When we come back, our pick six, our pick nine. Man, Charlie got a bunch of We got the New Year six teams. We <laughs> yeah. got to put them all in. We'll be back with more sports talk here on the Big 870 right after this break. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're finishing up here Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike to tell you along with Charlie Long. Tell everybody at 7 o'clock tonight, Browns, Jets right here on the Big 870. It's our pick nine segment. Yes. Charlie, Special you throw them, I hit them. So we're not picking the Cleveland-New York game tonight, but we're going to start with the college football New Year's Six Bowls. We did admit one. We, we're not picking the Oregon Liberty Bowl because Liberty doesn't deserve to be there. Uh, and we're actually going to instead be picking Wisconsin versus LSU, but we're going to get to that. We're doing this chronologically, Mike, starting on Friday, Cotton Bowl, number nine, Missouri versus number seven, Ohio State, who opens as three-and-a-half-point favorites in Arlington. Give me the Tigers. I'm with you. Um, I want Missouri to win this game, and I think they will. They play him for something. I'm surprised by the, the line movement in this one. Yeah, Mike. me too, a little bit. But, uh, man, that's Vegas. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Moving on, we got Saturday. Uh, so, actually, before we get to that, Bobby's got Mizzou as well. Steve's got Ohio State. Man, and Steve pick against everybody because he he's trying us. to catch up. I know, but he did catch up with <laughs> yeah, that a little big week bit, he had yeah. last week. So, moving on Saturday, we got the Peach Bowl, number 11, Ole Miss versus number 10, Penn State. We just talked to Evelyn Van Pelt about that matchup. Penn State opens this four-and-a-half-point favorites in Atlanta. Mike, you said it. I said it as well. We both got Ole Miss in this matchup. I like him. 
Bobby's also got Ole Miss. Steve's got Penn State in this game. <laughs> well, yeah, look where he grew up. He's yeah. in, from New Jersey. You got to pick those North. I think you're going to start to see a little bit of a theme here with my picks and Bobby's picks because we have a lot of the same ones coming up. Uh, up next, we got the Orange Bowl. Number six, Georgia opens as 20 point favorites versus number five, Florida State in Miami, Mike. And Florida State looks like LSU did a few years back with, with 40 scholarship players. All those guys opting out either for a transfer portal or the, the draft. draft. Yep. Um, I'm going to go with Georgia. Yeah, I'm with you again here, Mike. And Bobby is as well. So this is a clean sweep with the three of us, and it's a clean sweep against us because Steve's got Florida State plus 20. It's a lot of points. I understand that with Steve. Uh, that one out of the three, I understand the best. I think so as well, but at the same time, I just kind of expect Georgia, especially with Tate Rodemaker, like their backup quarterback that they were kind of relying on for this matchup, entering the portal. They're going to be having to throw that kid back out, the freshman that could barely throw a forward Good pass rock. against Louisville. Yeah, against Georgia. Like, yeah, Mike, I don't know how many points Florida State's going to even score in this matchup. And I know that Florida State's Not got a, a good defense, but yeah, give me Georgia minus 20 here as well. Up next, as I said, we're admitting Oregon and Liberty added the ReliQuest Bowl here for the New Year's Six. Wisconsin versus number 13 LSU on Sunday. LSU opens as 10 point favorites in Tampa Bay. I like LSU here. Uh, Wisconsin doesn't run the ball as well as they used to. If they could, I would take them 10, but I'm not. I'm going with LSU here. This is and I think Garrett plays. Uh, I think Garrett plays really well. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on this one. I don't know if you're going to see the same thing that you saw last year against Purdue necessarily where it was a complete blowout, uh, but I think at the same time they cover this 10 points. and I think, I think they cover it pretty easily, Mike. I think this is around a 20-point game or something like that. I think LSU takes care of business against a Wisconsin team that struggled offensively, hasn't really found any kind of a rhythm this year, and had a 7-5 and record entering bowl season. But LSU's defense has always been the elixir for a bad offense. That's, that's very true as well. <laughs> now we got the two college football semifinal games, starting with the Rose Bowl. Mike, Michigan, the number one team in the country, opens as two-point favorites versus number four Alabama in Pasadena. And I ain't picking against Saban in Alabama. Uh, none of us are. <laughs> none of us are. This is a clean sweep. Alabama plus two. Uh, you, me, Bobby, and Steve all have Bama in this matchup. And I feel actually pretty confident listening to Eddie Rose say earlier in the show, Bama outright here, Mike. Uh, Bama outright. I agree with him. Moving on, we got the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans. Number three, Texas opens as four-point favorites versus number two, Washington in New Orleans. I think Texas wins the game, but I think it's razor close, so I'm going to take the points in Washington. I'm with you on this one as well, Mike. Uh, this is kind of crazy. We, we picked the exact same games. Uh, we have, we made the exact same picks in college football. Bobby actually has Texas here. Steve picked Washington. Wait a well. minute. Bear picked Texas? Bobby picked Texas minus four in this matchup. Man. No, I think no wonder it got cold all of a sudden. A little bit of money's coming on Washington. On Washington late. Because I think it opened as four and a half. It's down to four. All right, we got to hurry up here and get these three NFL games in. So, uh, NFL Week 17, Saturday Night Football. The Lions at the Cowboys. Cowboys open as five and a half point favorites. I'm going home. with the Cowboys. I'm with you here. And uh, Bobby's got the Lions, of course. Steve has got <laughs> the Cowboys. And then we got the Saints at the Bucks. The Bucks are two and a half point favorites. That line's moving a little bit towards the Saints. Give me the Bucks. I want the Bucks. Man, I think the Bucks win it. here, Mike. And then we're wrapping up Dolphins at the Ravens. Ravens, three-and-a-half-point favorites. That half point's a little bit tricky, but just seeing what they did to San Francisco, Mike, I don't think anything's standing in the way of Baltimore in that one seed in the AFC. Give me Baltimore here. Yeah, I like Baltimore also. Um, I just think that, man, it's a tough matchup for the Ra- uh, for Dolphins um, to, to in the trenches. And that's where Baltimore wins. They win up front. Offensive, defensive line. I like Baltimore. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on this one here as well. And, and I mean, the – the, the Dolphins are dealing with some injuries as well, Mike. It's not a great matchup, and I think if you're looking at this from a schematic standpoint, if 
Miami does in fact lose this game, it sets up a great Week 18 matchup between them. You know that's exactly and the what the NFL would love the to Bills, have. Uh, I mean, the Bills are set up to potentially steal the AFC East in the final week of the season. And just a month ago, people had wrote them off. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's <laughs> crazy. Thank you, Charlie. Appreciate the time. We'll be back uh, tomorrow with some more sports talk. And Saturday, Bobby and I will be at Rouse's on Chapatulas from one to four. Thank you for listening. Keep your dial tuned into the Big Eight Seventy. Because we got football, Jets, Browns, right here on the Big 870 WWL. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.